0: Welcome to Crushing with Abby O. I'm your host and body optimization coach, Abby O'Sullivan. I am passionate about helping you navigate your health and self-love journey, and I'll be sharing all of the secrets on utilizing nutrition, movement, stress management, mindset, and more in order to help you fit self-care into any moment of your day. We are going to bust through the health and fitness industry bullshit. We're going to have a laugh, and we might even cry sometimes, but then we're going to crush our day. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so excited to have you here. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Crushing with Abio. I'm your host, Abio Sullivan, and today's episode is 10 lessons, 10 insights around sex and self-worth and even abstinence from sex, and I wanted to share this truly to open up conversation around it. Not because I think that like abstaining from sex is the only way to find true self-worth or true love or anything like that. These are just insights. Everything that I've shared are insights and they're lessons that I've learned. Um, That's what's true for me. And these are things that I've needed to hear. Maybe I've wanted to hear them at some point and I'm choosing to share my voice for those that need and want to hear it too. I would say that I'm open to dating, but I'm also not really making any moves in that arena. So, you know, and let's just note here that I'm a straight woman looking for a monogamous uh, relationship or a dating experience. And that is also the basis of my experience um, that you're going to hear throughout what you're going to hear today. So I've maybe said that I was intentionally abstaining from sex only a couple of times. In this episode, I will be sharing my current sex status and more personal details that relate to these lessons. Like you're going to hear about my sex life and (laughs) some of the deeper work that I've done um, on myself, my personal development, and the realizations that I've had because of that. So if you find sex and self-worth to be an interesting topic, or if you've been exploring the link between these two for yourself, keep listening. So Dive right in. My current status is 3 years without sex, uh intercourse to be specific because we cannot forget the hot and handy makeout sesh in California a couple of years ago. I'm not currently dating. I'm not currently on any dating app and I'm not in anyone's DMs and there is no one in my DMs. There's no one in my DMs either. <laughs> it's sort of something that just happened not something that one day I woke up and I was like oh I'm gonna be celibate for a while like I'm not having sex with anyone for this amount of time and I'm just gonna find myself It actually just kind of all serendipitously if that's even the right word (laughs) it just sort of happened Um, and in all honesty when I think of abstinence my child brain thinks of promise rings and religion and when I reflect on that you can abstain from anything when it becomes apparent that you're using it for the wrong reasons, which is a lovely segue into all of these lessons. So lesson number one: sex does not equal like. I didn't grow up getting a lot of attention from boys. I was awkward. Like I call myself a dork. But boy, once I made out with all of that, I was like, yeah, this is fun. Uh, Honestly, I'm not even sure I knew what else happened in a relationship (laughs) because sex was kind of as far as I was getting with guys, like equals sex and vice versa. And on the flip side, I did find myself getting caught up in that mostly inevitable emotional attachment. It's so easy to fall into, which I'm sure almost everyone listening can relate to. You know, we had sex, you must like me. So when you don't call or want to see me again, that hurts. And I'm a suck and you definitely suck too. I didn't experience this whole like equals sex, sex equals like thing only in my first few years or just in my 20s. I also experienced it in my 30s. And maybe you'll be able to guess why as we continue. Lesson number two, sex does not equal actual emotional connection. And this piece is in relation to my marriage, which I don't go... I don't go back often and revisit anymore because it's just been so long. Like I've been divorced for like 11 years now. And normally I would just say, you know, we, we grew differently and then we grew apart. That is the one liner. That's how I summarize my marriage, I guess. (laughs) And I know that there were some deeper things there like at the time as well, but I probably couldn't have necessarily told you what all of it was Um, now obviously looking back as a slightly more mature person let's hope I can I can see more clearly so in my 20s I was married and I would say that our sex life was pretty like quote normal until my respect and love for him began to unravel and then that's also when I began to withdraw sexually and at first, I really didn't think that there was much of a connection between that relationship and this episode, but I realized it comes down to emotional connection and communication or a lack thereof because we were lacking in communication and we were definitely lacking in emotional connection by that point. You know, we really cared for each other, but there was a fray in the fabric and it just began to unravel. And a lack of sex was really only one piece of a larger puzzle in our divorce. So even though that can seem really prominent to people, you know, and I'll say like there's there was no cheating and I, I, he didn't, I didn't just because I wasn't getting it from him doesn't mean I was looking for it elsewhere. I'm actually just, I'm not like that. I'm fucking loyal to a fault. <laughs> which leads me to number 3 that sex is not a tool to be used to force emotional connection or closeness in order to save a relationship or a marriage. Sex isn't going to save the relationship. It can't be the only thing going on for your relationship. I've I've had sex with people that I didn't care about before. That can mean literally nothing to me. So it definitely wasn't going to save our marriage. Number four, moving on past that. (laughs) Number four, consensual sex can be fun. After my divorce, I entered my rampant dating and fun phase, enter the age of dating sites and apps mixed with new single friends that also wanted to go out and have fun. And by fun, I mean like Going out, dancing, drinking, just doing things—you know—with your gal pals. Not necessarily going out to pick up guys. That kind of stuff just happened, and I think it's important to note here for myself and for you that I do enjoy sex, and therefore have chosen to have sex simply because I wanted to, because I was looking for pleasure, even if it was short-term. That primal consensual pleasure, not necessarily the searching for something missing. That I would say was my typical MO, even if I didn't know it at the time. (laughs) I have purposely taken a lover slash pleasure partner before in like an agreed upon super fun and hot partnership. And the particular guy I'm thinking of had total Clark Kent, Superman vibes. He was fit with a dark hair and he was respectful, but he took the lead. I digress. Lesson number five, dating without intention can be an adventure and it can lead you in circles. I dated and dated for a long time. No, sex was not always involved. There were lots of first meetups. I call them meet and greets and you can totally steal that. And frequently there was a second date and even more rare, a third date and beyond And you know, like most people going out and dating, I was just looking for some kind of connection, a spark, an attraction, a laugh. And sometimes I found that genuinely and sometimes alcohol helped me find that insert big eye roll. (laughs) And sometimes I met nice, interesting guys. And sometimes there was nothing but a random ass story to tell my friends, which is plenty of those for sure. I met a few men in my life that possessed qualities that really spoke to me, to my heart, to my mind. And I had a tendency to put them up on this pedestal, like up here. And when they turned out to be human and disappointed me, I was like, what the fuck? How dare you be human? And how dare you not be everything that you could have been for me? And uh, of course, men suck, you know, (laughs) better put up some extra walls around your heart, not let anyone in. And But like, where do you think that got me? (laughs) I began to realize that I, I want more. I wanted something different than what I was being served. Not that I wasn't meeting nice guys, but there was always something missing. I wanted more out of relationship. I wanted more out of myself and for myself and for my life. All this random dating time was coming to an end. Lesson number six. Your childhood and parental relationships do actually play a role in your love life. Somewhere around the time of my divorce, my relationship with my dad began to dissolve and we didn't actually talk for about seven or eight years. I didn't see him, we didn't talk. Long story short about my childhood and relationship with my dad is that it wasn't just that he wasn't always physically present, my parents were divorced it's also that there was a lack of emotional availability, which is super common. None of the men I grew up with were emotionally vulnerable men. So naturally, it's a concept that I wasn't really even aware of. And it made me feel nervous or like guys were being too mushy if they were, you know, like getting emotional with me. And while at some point I was aware that I wasn't emotionally available and these guys that I was choosing weren't either, I wasn't aware of how deeply hurt I was by the fact that my dad and I weren't close and that we didn't speak anymore. And that perceived lack left a huge wound that I tried to cover with a band-aid that was way too small. And this absolutely had to be addressed for me. And it has, and I plan to share more about it in a different episode. It's, it's actually really deeply personal for me, um, even more than I feel like my sex life is, (laughs) but it's also been a really healing experience. I just, I need to be, I need to be ready to share it. Lesson number seven, you can argue for your stories or you can choose to believe something different. Listen, I've got jokes all day long. So if you ask me why I'm still single, I could make a joke that I have daddy issues, or I could also say that the dating pool where I live is shallow, figuratively and literally. I could also say that dating is exhausting and I'm just so busy And I also hear that men suck. Men on dating apps only want one thing. Dating apps are for hookups. Like as if because you're on there, you agreed to having sex and all that bullshit. And it's bullshit that I've certainly argued for. But if you want something different, you can't keep arguing for these limiting beliefs. You'll attract what you're open and ready for. Lesson number eight. If you're tired of shitty men, unfulfilling relationships, slash sex, slash life, It's time to look in the mirror. I mentioned previously the whole emotionally unavailable thing, and it was a cycle that was reinforced time and time again until I was ready for something different. I knew something needed to change. And a couple of years ago, I had a huge awakening around this and my need for validation, which really became apparent mid-business building drama. And you probably heard about some of this on the podcast before, if you're an active listener, but that's when I took the opportunity to start looking into and becoming aware of the root of all this shit, the emotional unavailability, the the low self-worth and low self-love, the need for external validation and the shame and the guilt and all of the murky muddiness that I had really enjoyed ignoring for so many years. Like I was really just trying to skirt right around it and i realized so much of my self-esteem was based on if the guy wanted me on money i was making material possessions the outcomes of certain situations i made it all mean something about me and it really wore me down it eroded my self-trust and confidence and it wasn't just because i want A relationship that I went into all of this work. It truly was about growth and personal development for me. I knew I was playing it safe. I knew I was holding back and I was really tired of it. I was really tired of, I was tired of my own shit and I wanted a different relationship with myself. So I dug up all these deep rooted weeds and I began to plant flowers for myself and I water those flowers and I care for them. And we love a good metaphor, right? Lesson number eight. Oh, I put that one in there twice. So we actually have eleven lessons. Did I skip number seven? No, I didn't skip number seven. Okay, alrighty. Well, we get two lesson number eights. <laughs> That's probably lucky, right? <laughs> so le- lesson eight point two. <laughs> Give to yourself what you desire from another. If I'm looking for praise and love outside of myself to feel good about myself, then I will always be searching. I will never feel like I'm enough. And I had to learn to do that for myself, to appreciate myself regardless, to get a little bit vulnerable about what I really want instead of masking it with sarcasm or, you know, masking it with another superficial relationship or Just dating and dating apps or attention just for attention's sake. I had to learn how to hold space for myself because I want that from, I want that from others. I want to feel safe expressing my needs and my emotions. And you know, why is it so hard to admit what we want sometimes like out loud to yourself? Why is it so hard to say that even to yourself? So I had to get comfortable doing that. I had to forgive myself and some others and situations so I could free myself. So I could move some of that out so that something else can move in like peace, like joy, like love. Someone else can't like you for you. They can't be the only provider. That job is yours. Holding your standards for treatment is yours, especially if you're sick of certain things and dating or relationships. You got to take responsibility for yourself in your shit. If you want that from someone else, you have to do that as well. And this shit is not always easy. It's going to be and feel messy sometimes. So I don't say this with some kind of like, "Oh, this is all it takes. It's just that simple. You just got to do this one thing and then you're going to be amazing and you'll find true love and blah, blah, blah. No, not at all. Trust me. There have been a lot of tears shed. (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) You just got to be willing to say that you're not going to let your sense of self-worth and desirability hang on others' opinions and stop trying to force something when they don't want the same thing. Mm -hmm. Take your pleasure into your own hands. Literally, I mean that. (laughs) Take your pleasure into your own hands, learn how to get yourself off and be sure to share that information if necessary with your next partner. Lesson number nine, decide your non-negotiables and your boundaries. Not everyone wants the same things and that's okay. I know I don't want kids. I know I don't want something casual. I know I want to feel safe, seen and heard in a relationship. I know I want someone who actively cares about their health has drive enjoys personal development and communication and so on like I have other things there's other qualities you know that I'm looking for as well I don't really have any like time rules time boundaries I guess on sex at the moment um beyond the third date is probably good for me to start with <laughs> I'm just kidding, like sort of, (laughs) but I've heard people say, you know, two or three months, wait two or three months. And I understand uh, when these time suggestions can be really helpful for different situations, especially when someone is trying to approach dating differently or is in a healing phase. Oxytocin after sex will really have you all thinking that you're meant to be, but it's not just sex that makes people feel connected. So it's so individual and situation dependent. If what you're looking for is commitment, then I would be sure that you have that before sex. If this is a boundary that you're working on, get clear on what you want, get clear on your non-negotiables and your boundaries, communicate these when necessary. And if it's not an alignment, move on, move the fuck on. Also, by no means should you ever feel obligated to have sex, consent, full-bodied consent. That's what you want. That's what you need. Lesson number 10 or technically 11. (laughs) Oops. Date your intuition. Date your intuition. Date yourself. Become closer to yourself. Create awareness of your nervous system and your previous patterns. Connect with your heart and your body so that when you feel something different, you know what I mean? You you can pause and question it with some awareness or pause and respond. It could be that you feel something quote, uh, quote off about someone or if something feels familiar but in a way that is not for you, then you can choose how you want to proceed. Like, do I feel relaxed and okay with this person or are my spidey senses tingling? It's really easy to ignore those feelings, to ignore your intuition, you know, especially when we just, when we really want love and when we really want that attention and we're really enjoying it and we just really want to like someone and we want them to like us back. It's so easy to ignore that. And that's concludes our lessons but I do have some I have some extra notes here a few closing arguments if you will this type of work and awareness does not always come easy and it does take practice but you get better at it if you want to and I've certainly had moments of doubt I just turned 40 last year I haven't dated in a while you know there's uh, there's there was a pandemic and then I got really focused on my business and then I had these realizations where I was just kind of like I'm on a fucking emotional roller coaster, and I, I don't have the energy for dating. Um, the ti- about the time that I got into a lot of this work, I did date a tiny bit, but for the majority of the last year, I've just, I've spent it with myself and building that relationship with myself, working, tending to my mental health a lot this past year, and just really being particular about where I put the extra energy when I had it just being really choosy about where it was going I didn't really have a lot of it to give I was putting so much into myself and my own life so I was putting it into my family and into my friends you know the people that are close to me that really matter those relationships that are really really important to me before the extra relationships so I've had those moments where you know it's it's been so long that I'm like oh my gosh I mean (laughs) am I even desirable am I even hot anymore like yes of course (laughs) but this time away from sex and dating and all that it's also helped me realize so much um so much of what I'm you know, what I'm talking about here in this very episode in the next relationship that I want to have, I want it to be different. I know what my non-negotiables are. I know what my boundaries are. I know what I'm looking for. So it's not just going to be like, so simple as a guy shows up really hot with ripped abs and he's going to get me into bed. (laughs) Like it's just, it's not even about just that. (laughs) It's so much deeper. I want more, you know, I want more than the superficial casual connection. So even though I, I think about it sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, it would just be so much easier if all I wanted was to just have sex and just like have a one nighter or whatever, just like get it over with. But that I've been there and done that A lot, and it just uh, unfulfilling, unfulfilling. Even in thought, I'm like, it's too much work. It's too much work for not for not enough return. (laughs) And truly, at the end of the day, it's just not what I want. It's just not what I want. And it is totally and completely okay to just be single if you want to be single. We don't talk about this enough. Take all the time that you want, you know, take all the time you want that you need. Be sexually active. Don't be whatever. you got to do what's best for you and have some awareness around what might be best for you, you know, depending on where you're at. You can also find love in many different types of relationships, not just romantic ones. And with that I have to leave. I have to I have to leave. I gotta go meet some girlfriends to go watch Magic Mike 3. That is how I get my superficial kicks. <laughs> but I'm, ex- I'm so excited it's gonna be fun. So I hope that <laughs> I hope these these lessons, this insight, this conversation, maybe it shifted your perspective or helped shed some light on your past experiences or, you know maybe you can have more compassion for your younger self or even your current self if you're navigating the tumultuous landscape of modern dating and and holding on to yourself at the same time. So with that, take care. Let me know what you think, if this resonated with you, or if you want to have a conversation about it, hit me up in the DMs on Instagram at Coach Abio, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to Crushing with Abio. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave a five-star review. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at Coach Abby O or drop me an email at hello at crushingpodcast.com.